Hey, 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 you guys. Thank y'all so much for being back on Black Canvas. We have an amazing special guest here on the show. I told you we're going to continue to have people from different parts of the world on the show. And this is a guy who I think you're going to love and learn a lot about today. His name is Clark Monroe. He's an award-winning filmmaker based in San Diego, California. Clark Monroe was born Dorwin Richard on November 23rd, 1986 in Alangapo City, Philippines. Clark is a film director, writer, and also a film producer. Clark started his career as a film actor in 2020, and after starring in his first and only role in a feature film entitled Sell Out by director Daniel Florenzano, he made a transition to being behind the cameras. Clark has won numerous film awards, including but not limited to Best Experimental Film for his movie Snatched at the Indo-Singapore International Film Festival and received numerous film selections and special mentions at several film festivals around the world. And I'm just so excited to have him as a guest here on the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Jarrell. I really appreciate you for inviting me. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Oh, well, the honor is definitely mine. I, I love talking to different creators from around the world. And the great thing about you is that you are someone who has that fire to spunk. You have a lot of that intuitiveness as a film director. And I feel like you have to have that from the inside to produce such great work. So this is going to be fun for me. I'm going to learn a lot more about you today and our listeners will as well, if you're ready. I'm most definitely ready. I appreciate that. Oh, no problem. So I guess the first question I think a lot of people might want to know is, can you describe your day um, processing for a film and how do you handle stress when you're on the set? Wow. So this will be um, a very, very long but detailed um, just description of what we do. Um, so the process for a film before we get on set, um, you know, for, you know, of course, we start with our script. You know, we get a script. Um, Sometimes the director, the producer could be part of the writing team or you have a writer, you know, that would write the script, you know. Um, once the director gets the script, you know, you, you read the script and you just read it. You know, you don't go over reviewing it. You read it. You try to connect with it. And once the script is all good to go, you lock the script. You know, um, once you give it to the director and the director approves it and the producer approves it as, as well, you know, we have what we call a lock script. So a lock script really is what it means is the essential essential um, items are no longer going to change. You know, um, a lock script is, you know, you can no longer go back and, you know, um, change essential items about the film. So after we're done with the pre-production or script stage, then we go to pre-production. Pre-production is when we um, cast our actors, we acquire or you know uh, find locations we get the uh, other film team the crew members involved that you know we have our crew call and casting calls so that's during our pre-production phase and once we're done with pre-production then we um, schedule to slate the film which is you know we schedule to um, start rolling the when, when we're going to start rolling the camera so now we get into um, the day-to-day -day on the film set um, first thing that you do is, you know, you have to um, have a, a call sheet, you know, so the assistant director, first assistant director takes care of all of that. 
you know, um, at once the call sheet is um, you have the crew call and the casting call, you know, uh, set up everything, you know, for filming, you know, setting up lighting with the camera team, setting up, you know, um, the set with the arts team and, you know, um, all kinds of stuff, all those great stuff, you know, working with the wardrobe people, setting up the wardrobe. And once that's done and, you know, cast and set, you know, um, and the director and the cinematographer both go through um, blocking with the actors. So once we block with the actors for a particular scene, then after blocking, then we start rolling the camera and then we start, you know, taking the the, the uh, shots that we need for that day, depending on the the satisfaction of the director. I would say, depending on that satisfaction of the director, um, you're gonna have to keep going. <laughs> um, I would say uh, maybe sometimes one scene um, you could have multiple shots just for one scene. Um, we always, as filmmakers, we always want to start. We always what we want to call from outside going in. So we start with a wide shot, the medium, and a close up. So you got to start from outside going in. And depending on the performance of the actors, you know, um, then the director will um, either keep going um, on a particular shot, and that's when you have those retakes. You know, um, it could range from one take to hundreds until you know the director satisfied, or it could be a one take. Um, shot, you know, um, for that particular scene. So it just really depends, um, I would say, on the performance of the actor, as well as what's the, the what is the director looking for on this, on, you know, when he's, you know, um, taking a particular shot for a particular scene. I think that's a great explanation, Clark. And I think for people who don't understand it, like you say, with, with blocking and wardrobe and and even just kind of preparing um, the call sheet there's so much that goes into that because time is money especially in this field and if you're not aware of like your lighting and and making sure that you have all your actors in place or even making sure you're zoning out the areas before you actually start um, production or I think there's so many components to that that I think for lay people who are not as aware with the entertainment business what really goes into that it can be highly stressful but it's also fun too like it's exciting yeah. to kind of get all that together in such a short period of time. <laughs> yes, most definitely. I would say it's very exciting. It's very fulfilling. I would say, you know, I think the most I've worked on a set um, is on my film chance. It was a short film. Um, first day we worked from 7 a.m. until close to midnight. And we had to be back on set at, I would say, 7 a.m. the following day. And shoot, we shot until like 1 a.m. the next day, you know. Um, and as a new filmmaker at the time, this is in 2020, uh, exactly like what you just said, you know. As a baby filmmaker at the time, you know, I learned the importance of, you know, um, getting the lighting correctly, you know, um, having your set design. Set design is big. I, I, you know, one of my favorite um aspects of filmmaking as a as a film director i would say set design set design is more than a design for me set design um the location in itself and how you design it there's a story behind everything you know um those subtle subtle hints so if you got to pay attention to the design because sometimes within those design you could get subtle hints about what's going to happen what is the story about you know so the location in itself 
is speaking to you. You know, um, I would say having a bland location is a no-no um, for me as a filmmaker. Um, having like a plain, you know, like a white wall, um, not unless it's called for in the script, um, it's a no-no. You know, um, you got to put in the effort to tell the story as well um, with the set. You know, the set in itself has a story to tell. The wardrobe in itself has a story to tell. Why is are they wearing the colors that they're wearing? And I would say Stanley Kubrick, um, the director of The Shining, you know, God rest his soul. Um, when I watched that movie um, to critique to critique the movie, um, it really inspired me to take into account everything from set design to the colors that the actors wear uh, to everything. You know, uh, why why are they Everything in filmmaking has a meaning. <laughs> Everything has a meaning in filmmaking. So just taking that time, you know, to, to prepare all of that, you know, um, and to match it with the script and the story, it's very time-consuming, but very um, satisfying as well. I love that. I, I mean, that really inspires, I think, a lot of our younger members, maybe, or listeners to the show. I think that'd be great if anyone's interested in that and learning more you know, definitely reach out to Clark and let him know, you know, and he might have resources to share with you guys of, you know, what are some tidbits and things that y'all can use so that you continue in your career if that's something you want to do for sure. So I kind of want to go into another question for you. Speaking of, you know, young kids, um, what is the best advice that you can give to a kid who wants to become a director? To our younger um, kids out there, my advice to you guys is start now. <laughs> Do not wait. Um, you know, we, we now live in an age where you have your cell phones. Write something really short, even if it's only a three-page script. On the weekends, instead of, you know, um, playing your video games, if you really want to be a filmmaker, start early, start now. Um, I would say there's a lot of uh, materials on YouTube that you guys can study um, with regards to filmmaking. Um, and you could learn a lot from it, you know, but I would say just get your phone, get your camera, start shooting, get your pen, get your laptop, start writing, whatever you want to write there. You know, it's never too early to start. Just start now. I love that. And when did you start to develop a passion for directing? Like around what age did it really kind of that bug hit you? And he's like, this is what I want to do. So that is a great question. I'm actually very, very glad you asked me that question. So I was living in the Philippines at the time, and this is in 2000, not even 2000, it's like in 1999. I would, I still remember, 1999. I was living in the Philippines. I was in the seventh grade at the time. And um, I would always watch Turner classic movie at the time it was TNT. It came every, every night. It came faithfully after a cartoon. And I would just be stuck watching these old films from the 20s, from the 30s, from like the old Hollywood, you know, era. And my parents always found it weird that I was so fascinated by it. And then I started developing an obsession with it at that young age, you know, um, with filmmaking and acting. And so I would get my, my siblings and we would play as if we're shooting a film. We would have Oscar nights, you know, um, in the apartment, in, 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 you know, in our house. And, you know, um, you know, with, with just with them, you know, with them, uh, cousins, all of us, you know, would um, act like we're shooting a film. Then we were going to have award nights. And, um, and it stuck with me ever since, you know, um, 
<laughs> and the funny thing is uh, about a year ago, my, bro- my baby brother and my, my mother, they reached out to me. They were like, yo, um, you know, I remember when you were doing this when you were a kid. Remember when we used to play games, you know, um, nobody believed that you was going to do it. Like, I just want to tell you how proud I am of you because you're doing everything that you were doing when you were a kid. So it started out when I was about 12, <laughs> I would say. I was only 12 living in another country at the time. You know, um, but at the time, I already knew that this is what I was born to do. I I really want to commend you on that because that's having not only a vivid, um, you know, dream and aspiration for your career. Because I don't think it's an imagination. I think that's what people they go into that. Oh, well, it's only going to be a dream. It doesn't have to. It can be your reality. I believe in creating vision boards for myself and being able to be aware of what the reasons and the intention behind my visions. And then also surrounding myself with positive people who can help encourage you, even in those moments when you feel like it's not going in a direction you would like, or it's not happening fast enough. I always remind people like in my office, I have turtles everywhere and people know that that's my thing. And so I tell people turtles give to you two different lessons you can learn. One is to get out of your shell, which is something that I struggled with of just kind of, you know, getting outside of my comfort zone (laughs) And the second thing was to slow down. Like everything doesn't have to be a race and, you know, everything will align when it's supposed to. And when you see the, or reap the rewards of your efforts, then you can sit back and say, you know what? I did that for myself. And like you say, you're an award-winning, you know, producer. And I'm just so excited for you and just how this has kind of turned around and you're, you're helping to inspire so many other people, even older people who may just be starting their thoughts of, I want to maybe pursue a career in this. It might give them a lot of passion as well. Thank you so much for that. And I would say, um, you know, to add on to that, and I love what you just said about your vision board. Um, And I always tell myself this every day. And it's, you know, to this very day, you know, only think about what you want. Only think about what you want. You may not be where you want to be at at the moment, but you cannot think about it. (laughs) You know, um, the law of attraction is real. You only think about what you want, whatever it is that you want. You only, that's all you think about, um, you know, and that's for everything. You know, I, w- I remember um, growing up, um, I grew up in a very poor country. You know, uh, my dad was stationed out there. So I'm African-American and Filipino. Um, my, my dad met my mom out there and then he retired. He decided to retire out there. My, my whole life, um, I would say it wasn't easy growing up out there. I stayed out there until I was 19. I moved out to the United States when I joined the military. But even when I was in the military, I knew that I was going to be a filmmaker. I was leaving the military at some point to pursue my filmmaking career. My mind was set. Um, And growing up in the Philippines, I I think um, it was very hard, you know, for a biracial kid like me, especially being, you know, half African-American. It was very tough. Um, I, I got bullied. I was never the one prepared at the time. At the time, you know, uh, which is different now. At the time, I was like, you know, um, considered, you know, not the most attractive, you know, because, you know, clearly I was, you know, um, biracial. Um, I was half black. And a lot of, you know, um, people from, you know, that time frame had bias, you know, when it comes to, you know, you being black um, in an Asian country. Um, but 
to see where I'm at right now, um, and I would say, you know, to kind of like let go of any bitterness, uh, you know, to see. And when I went back home to the Philippines about a couple of years ago, everyone that had bullied me came up, you know, and it was like just almost like, you know, amazed, you know, I would say like starstruck. You know, they're like, and I'm not even where I want to be at yet, you know, but they came up apologizing about how they, you know, uh, talk to me, talk down to me and stuff and, you know, how proud they are of me for, you know, like doing what I'm doing. And, you know, like I said, like keeping your mind on what you want will kind of like balance everything out. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say, like keep your mind on what you want, like have a single vision. And if you do, it's going to be a struggle. Just keeping that single vision is, a, is going to be a struggle. You know, but if you do, you're eventually going to get what you want when it's the right time for it. Uh, like you said, you at the right time, it will all come, come, come into alignment. Full circle moment, right? Yeah. I love that, Clark. And, you know, the great thing is, like you mentioned, is that it, the great thing you were blessed to be able to talk to those individuals and you were able to to hear their true thoughts now as they've matured. And I feel like that happens a lot when someone sees something special in other people and they may want to emulate it themselves or, or they're too afraid to share their experiences. And so it's easy for us to tear people down. And that's one thing I'm glad that I, I can feel from you is that you seem like an uplifting person who really cares about keeping your community together, helping people to understand you know, all the effort is taken for you to get to where you are. And, and you still have goals, like you said, to get to a different stage in your career. But I do want to briefly kind of go into yeah. the last 10 years. I know, especially within the last couple of years, things have shifted for many of us due to COVID-19. Can you tell me what has kind of changed as it relates to filmmaking over the last 10 years that you've noticed that's been a change? In the last 10 years, I would say this industry, the change has been filmmakers are now taking the power in their own hands. And I like that you had, you know, you asked me this question because I had this conversation with another filmmaker, uh, another film producer friend of mine, actually, who lives in L.A. last night. We had this conversation about it doesn't take a studio anymore to control, you know, um, what films are made. Thank God for Netflix, for Amazon. I worked in a film right now that's on Hulu, on Amazon, on, you know, on all of these other platforms to be. Um, and I was an associate producer in, in this film. Um, it, the, the title's Last Chance. It's about uh, fake media. Um, and that was my first go around uh, working as a crew member. And so um, I would say um, in the past 10 years, the power is now in the hands of the creators, not no more in the hands of, you know, um, whoever controls the narrative. So um, it, it's very pow powerful, you know, when people um, are asking me, I have friends, you know, um, living in despair or they have these neg negativity, or, um, you know, within their mindset, I would tell them, you can change your life. If you want to be a singer, what are you doing? Are you writing songs? Are you recording in the studio? We now live in a very modernized world where we no longer have to wait for things. YouTube, for Christ's sake, Instagram. There's TikTok. There's so many things now um, that has changed to where the creators now have the power to actually go out and do what they want to do, given all of the platforms that we have now. And I feel like taking advantage of all of that um, is the right thing to do. The right thing because in the past, people could only wish that they had the same power that we have now.
as creators. I think you're right about that, Clark. And like I said, it's also a great point of making um, alignments and friendships and connections. Like you said, networking is so important, even when you're going out by yourself to kind of produce things or, or being able to share your experiences with others you still have to have those strong connections in this industry, like you said, because what happens is that, you know, your your word is everything and people really take, you know, a lot of, you know, respect maybe toward those creators who can stand by what they say they're gonna do and, and be conscientious of their time and their energy and what they're giving off. But I think another key component is just kind of knowing the reason and why you're doing what you're doing. I feel like there should be reasons and intentions, like you said, even with set design and and when people are deciding ideas for movies or for short films or you know pilots or even if it's if it's acting, modeling, whatever it might be, you have to remind yourself of the creative direction in your mind first before you put it on paper or have a storyboard or you know so much that goes into it. Yes. Yes, yes, you're totally correct about that. And I would say respect every artist that you're collaborating with. And I say that for a reason. You know, um, I may be the director, but I always tell my actors, your, 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 your talent, that's your, that's your equipment. Just like a cameraman's equipment is his camera. The actor's talent is their equipment. Um, the set designer, let them do their job. You know, don't try to control everything. So um, it makes me feel so good when I have people who's been in the industry for so long approach me. I'm talking about people in their 50s, you know, um, <laughs> approaching a young cat like me, like, you know, yo, Clark, man, I've worked on so many sets. I just want to tell you that you're one of the best directors I ever worked with. You let people do their job, but you're firm. I'm a very firm director. So um, when I'm as a director, you got to be firm. And I tell, you know, I tell people, um, but I have seen myself grown. I, I've grown from this very controlling director who controlled everything to um, the director who just relaxes, trusting my cast and crew. I would get a, a, take a step back. I would ask them, you know, what do you think you should do? You know, I'm um, taking that step back and looking back, you know, at, on every experience on set. Because every day on set is a different day. <laughs> it's not never the same day. Um, just taking a step back and honoring everyone you're working with. Um, is very important as a filmmaker. Um, honoring the director that you're working with. We need entrepreneurs. You know, um, there are times, especially as an indie filmmaker, that you cannot afford a location. But if you have a friend that owns a restaurant, they will let you shoot there only because you're a very respectful person. You, you know, you keep to your word. There's, you know, those things are very important. Like you said, the connections that we make in this industry, and that's what I love about this industry. It's not limited to the artist. We have entrepreneurs, business owners that would come on board and support support us, you know, if only we keep to our word. Um, and if they see that we're keeping to our word, people will always have your back. 100%. You are right about that. And so that's why even with my show here, I tell people, I try to do stuff ahead of time and make sure I do it respectfully and honestly and stick to what I say. Because, you know, whether someone comes back on a show or not, my whole goal is that I don't want anyone leaving the experience with me feeling like, oh, my God, that was exhausting or I didn't understand what was going to happen. I feel like it's just good to be able to connect with people and give them the opportunity to decide what they're looking for and how we can create magic on the actual episode. And so that's one thing I enjoy about it. And I think as a film director, you can kind of 
you know, attest to, you know, that feeling like it's important to connect with people and, and to build those relationships for sure. Yes, very much so. And to not think that you're better than ever. It, you know, this is the problem. You know, we are in an industry where ego is always involved. Okay. And I tell people all the time, you, you know, um, and I would always say, you know, um, you need to have a sense of who you are without stepping on other people. Be confident. There's, there, there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance. You know, you don't have to be arrogant, but you have to be confident in this industry. You know, um, because that's the only way for people to really work with you. Nobody wants to work with anyone difficult. I have had my share of working with difficult actors, you know, who don't drink bottled water. They have to drink, <laughs> you know, uh, sparkling water. But, you know, as a producer at the time, you know, I have, you know, I'm the type that I like to take care of my actors. And I like to make them feel, you know, that I, I got your back, whatever it is you need. You know, um, if I could, if it's within my my capacity to do it, I will, you know, but I would say just, you know, um, respecting other people is very important in this business. Um, you know, don't kind of like um, think that those arrogant people are, uh, you know, they, they, nobody would want to work with them. It's going to come a point in your career where you know, you're going to regret that you were arrogant towards other people because those people, you know, may be the ones that will eventually, you know, um, blow up. <laughs> and, you know, um, it's just a very, um, it's an industry where you never know where you're at. So you could be on top today and you know, bottom tomorrow, you know, you, so treat people kindly all the time. I would say. I think that's great advice. And that kind of goes into your younger self. I was going to ask, what advice would you give to your younger self? But I think that would be a great piece of advice. Yes. Yes. So I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm naturally a very, um, I, I won't say aggressive. I have a strong personality. <laughs> Um, I'm an actually like just as a, as a man in general, just as a, a guy, I have a, this very like strong magnetic personality. A lot of people would tell me like, Clark, you're very like opinionated, strong minded. So the advice that I would give myself is exactly that, you know, um, learn to just listen to people, learn to let people do their jobs and learn to take your time. I would say, cause, um, in 2021 alone, I worked on eight films, eight films. When I first started my first two years, and that's crazy for a new director. Usually people only direct one film a year. I worked on, actually, no, I worked on 10 films in two, within two years, but in 2021 alone, I worked on eight, um, because I wouldn't stop. I was, I'm like nonstop 2022. I took a step back and I only worked on one. 2023 now, I'm only working on one as a producer and I'm writing a feature film right now, trying to perfect the script so that I could, um, I could get people to, um, you know, support, you know, um, that, um, that film that I'm trying to make right now. And the, the goal is to get it into Sundance and to the Cannes Film Festival. And um, having a script that's amazing is always the, a foundation of filmmaking. Um, I tell people. And so taking my time is one of the, especially that, that, that's my main advice myself. Take your time and just do things the right way and not try to do a lot of things all at once. That's my advice to my younger self. Cause I like to do a lot of things. <laughs> Trust me. I know. I'm, I'm, I think we both are the Kings at that. Like just try to multitask a million things. And I feel like you have to make the energy. I always tell people it's not about time. It's about your energy. And so when your energy is off or you're not able to give 100%, 
of your energy, then time will also be off as well. So um, I think that's great advice for sure. And I wanted to ask you something that I think might be an interesting question um, for especially our listeners. So I know you, of course, have worked in different films and done, you know, a lot of work in this industry. Is there a character out of all of the projects that you have worked on that resonated with you the most, even if it was someone that you were directing and they played this character and it stood out to you? Did you feel that you resonated with that character? And the second part of that question is, did you have one character that maybe you felt a little disconnected to um, in the filming of the of whatever you were doing at that time? Yes, most definitely. <laughs> So, um, on my, but the first question, um, I wrote a film in, um, entitled Chance. This is um, in 20, during the pandemic, the first, you know, few months of the pandemic. But it took me one year to even shoot that. Um, I rewrote the script nine times, getting feedback. You know, like, so it's like, I was getting feedback and, you know, from writers, they're, you know, um, nine times, you know, and that's another thing too. Wrote it nine times. So the character's name is Darwin. A lot of people didn't even know that was my birth name so I was like you know what I'm not going to act in this film I remember everybody was telling me Clark you need to just be the one who take this role I see you doing it I'm like no um I did write it with the intention of um you know with the intention of um telling a story about myself a fictional story of course not a real story a fictional story about myself and you know my inner struggles um or um, things that, you know, um, I, I, I probably was imagining that I would go through. What, what if I went through this? You know, what would I do? So I had my, myself in mind. And since I was not going to act in it, um, since I do not believe in doing everything, being the actor, director, I like to focus. If I'm the director, I'm only directing, period. You know, um, I like to give other people the platform to showcase their talents, you know. Um, so anyway, that character named Darwin <laughs> in my film entitled Chance, you know, which uh, won our sixth laurel. Um, you know, re- most recently we got a laurel from the Marseille Film Festival in France. Um, we, we had another laurel for that. We were selected, um, you know, to be showcased at that film festival. Um, I would say that character Darwin, I connected with him. Um, only because of the fact that he was going through a lot, but he would not show it. You know, it's like someone who's going through a lot, but very hesitant at showing it to to everyone. So he's battling his own demons. But if you look at him, you wouldn't even think about, it, you know, about that he's battling, you know, his demons. Um, the second question, um, the character that I least, um, I'm least connected to, um, I would say the character that I'm least connected to is um, Audrey Barlow. <laughs> this is on my film Chance. Uh, not Chance. This is my film Snatch. So Snatch was um, a film that I shot for the 48-hour film project in 2021 here in San Diego. We had 48 hours to create a film. Audrey Barlow, to me, is just a very shady person. So he enticed um, this group of youngsters into an island you know to compete for a certain amount of cash you know just for them to all kill each other and um, he was getting a kick out of it <laughs> you know and um and yeah you know um that's my the character that um i least um like you know out of everyone that i directed 
Thank you for answering that. I think you answered that perfectly. And I love that you gave an explanation for both characters. Because I feel like when we think of actors who play roles, and I just like to refer to issues like Denzel Washington in Training Day, you know, or we'll use Halle Berry in Monsters Ball, or, or um, when we think of um, Viola Davis, how amazing of an actress she is in anything she does, or Angela Bassett. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm not saying anything against her at all, but watching... <laughs> I think we could all agree. Yeah, we could all agree Absolutely, but watching... <laughs> Wakanda forever and just that experience alone in a theater and just seeing Angela Bassett just perform her heart out and she let's be honest she deserved it for many other films as well but I will say that she has a a lineage and a, a legacy and a career that will surpass her even when she passes on like people are going to be able to always remember those experiences but I just wanted to just kind of say that like those actors, when you're playing these roles and you're taking it on, I mean, chat with Bozeman, I felt like if Black Panther was a real person, like you felt that connection being a person of color. And I know, like you said, dealing with a lot of negativity that you've experienced um, growing up, um, it's hard when it's even in our own culture, when someone is of, you know, mixed race or descent, that there can be struggles in and of itself. And so I enjoy seeing people who are able to be able to, you know, relay a message that connects and can transcend even from the film itself. People leave with an emotion attached to the character, positive or negative, and then they can, you know, choose to, you know, decide how they continue to, to evolve the character's role in the future. If it's like going to be a trilogy or, you know, something that expands to a different type of movie in the future. Um, but yeah, it's, unfortunately for some actors, they do get typecast um, where they keep continuing to play these same types of roles because they're so good at the one role that you, you start seeing that pretty often. But I love actors who can just jump in and do one specific role. Like we've seen like Lady Gaga, who was in A Star is Born. And now she's going to be coming in a new movie with the Joker that's going to be coming out soon. I just love that she's yeah. is doing all types of acting and, and expanding her career in a different direction. Yes. 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 Same here. Um, I'm actually amazed by, you know, the fluidity. I like actors who have, who are very fluid. Um, I would say Angela Bassett is very fluid. I'm not sure if you watched her also on American Horror Story. <laughs> um, you know, she's just good at everything that she does, you know, from Tina Turner you know, to um, to walk Rosa Parks. To Rosa Parks, she's just amazing. You know, one hundred percent. I mean, I, that's what I love about just entertainment in general. It reminds me of like, look at Beyonce. She goes from Beyonce, the regular layperson, if whatever you want to call that, if it's layperson, because she's amazing regardless. To Sasha Fierce, or you know, and the things she does when she was in the group Destiny Child, like. I love to see people evolve and continue and even the types of music to do the Lemonade album and to do the Renaissance album. Like there's so many different forms of music and it's not the same person, but still she resonates as a star, no matter in what respect you see her in. And so that's where you're going to be. I feel like you're going to continue to move further and further up in your career because people like connections, they build with genuine people versus someone who's really talented 
but you really don't feel anything from them. You enjoy the work, but you don't enjoy the experience with that individual, if you get what I'm saying. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that, brother. Thank you. Oh, no problem at all. So I had two last questions for you, Clark, before we end. So the first question is, do you mind letting our listeners know where can they find you online? And the second part is, do you mind giving us a tidbit of what's next for you? Anything new you want to kind of, you know, shout out that way we can support you? Most definitely. So you guys can find me on Instagram. My handle name is Director Clark Monroe. So it's Director Clark Monroe. That's my Instagram page and you can find me there. Um, what's next for me right now is I'm pre- currently producing a film that we, you know, we, we have, I believe, a week or less than a week to wrap. It's a feature film. It's a film about mental health. Girl who struggles and PTSD. Um, it's a thriller, uh, thriller film. And um, right now, um, we're currently working on, we're now in the editing, you know, side piece. And I'm um, you know, um, that's my job as one of the producers for the film to uh, direct that. And so I just want to shout out um, the film Twisted. And you guys could find that more about that film on Instagram as well, entitled The Twisted Movie. And on that um, Instagram page, you guys will find a website. And if you guys are willing to support in whatever capacity you could um, to um, get this film out there, um, anything helps the production. Um, This film is also already um, in partnership with this distributor, meaning that it's going to be on Amazon, um, Hulu, and Tubi as well. This is amazing. I'm telling you, I'm so proud of you. And this is our first time you guys interacting um, outside of what we have online. And I feel like I've known you for years. Like, so that means that you're doing something great that you can make connections with people in such a way where they feel that connection, but they're also rooting for you and your success. So that's something that's an innate thing that you have that not every person has, no matter if it's in this industry or not, like people want to support people who are doing the right things but also someone who's willing to take chances and who's willing to believe in their own craft. And I feel like that is what you bring to the table. And that's what you're going to continue to to create, which is going to hopefully be, who knows, we'll have the next Steven Spielberg here. And we'll be like, okay, I remember when we had this talk and, and like you gave your all to not only the industry you love, but to the people you love and to the fans who support you. And so you just keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Jarrell. I really appreciate that. And lastly, I want to say, you know, um, the Ava DuVernay really is one of my inspirations as a filmmaker. Um, she started out as a publicist on set. And I remember, you know, um, she was struggling. She was on her last kind of like str- struggling to raise a film, you know, for um, um, uh, funds for a short film that she was, I think, directing or producing at the time. Um, and she kept going, you know, she didn't let that deter her. So, um, as a filmmaker, it's not always easy, especially, um, films cost a lot of money. Um, and so I think that any filmmaker listening right now, um, my only advice is don't give up on your dreams. Um, we, you know, we all have the same calling. So whatever it is, keep doing that, you know, keep going at it. Um, I would say, um, it may not be now that you would see your dream, you know, kind of like coming into realization but if you just stick to it until you see it come to life 
then you know you're going to um, feel satisfied. You know, um, and I think that's a great advice for all of us. You know, um, we're in an industry where it's very unpredictable, especially in the indie filmmaking world, um, where we have to be creative with looking for, you know, the funds, you know, to uh, support our film, you know, uh, feed the cast and the crew, or give, you know, give them just anything. Um, I would just say, like, keep keep going at it. Don't don't give up. You know, um, if Ava made it, and a lot of other indie filmmakers made it because they didn't give up we all could make it too there we go i love that and i just want to kind of end before i give us our last um goodbye before we end is that you also have to remember you guys when you are following your dream to remember the people and places and things that you had to do who supported you to get to the next level and kind of like clark was saying about building those connections i think you just have to remember that too um, because those people are going to help you get to the next uh, and continue to succeed in your career. So, yeah, thank you so much, Clark, for being on Black Canvas. This has been amazing. And let's remember, you guys, to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Thank you so much, Jarrell. And thank you, everyone, for taking the time out of your day to listen to this. Thank you so much. No problem. Well, I'll talk with you soon, okay? I'll talk with you soon. Thank you, Jarrell. Okay, bye. Yeah.